Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family value. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your hosts today, Pam Bentley. And I'm your other host this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And our guest today is Christine LeClaire. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Happy nice to, to have you here. Thank you so much. And I guess it's quite appropriate that uh, you're here because you've got a couple of books dealing with uh, the tar sands and pipelines and all that sort of stuff. And there's tons of uh, that's in the news right now with all the protests happening up on Burnaby Mountain. So it's a uh, Glad you can be here and you're going to share something with us to start things off. Absolutely. And uh, first, just props to the people on Burnaby Mountain uh, keeping the uh, Kinder Morgan surveyors from uh, looking more closely at the mountain and preparing it for a pipeline um, because that's not what a lot of us want. Um, I'll read here from a poem, uh, a long poem called Oily Wood, and I'll just read the first section. We listen to water. We go float in it. The ocean makes us giggle. We giggle when we're in it. No matter how advocacy demands our sketches, the future is far from shapeless, already flush with months, minutes, and... Here's something, assholes. It has power, movements, press releases... And it's full of soundtracks to make you feel you've just seen a movie, like your life is something hard to leave, like a super tanker. Uh-huh. Interim service begins on Mid-Continent Express Pipeline. Kinder Morgan announces open season for crude oil shipments on Cochin Pipeline. Louisiana Pipeline in service. Rockies Express Pipeline begins on Rex East. Kinder Morgan completes first commercial shipment of biodiesel in U.S. Linger on Plantation Pipeline. Now you said that's part of a longer poem. How long is the poem? Uh, it's a 16-part poem, uh, and it's in a chapbook form uh, published by Nomados Editions uh, this past year. And the chapbook is called? Oilywood. And it's been nominated for something? Yes, it has. It's been nominated for a BP Nickel Chapbook Award, which is run by Meet the Presses. It's a nonprofit collective uh, based out of Toronto, and they uh, exist to promote independent uh, publishing and uh, artists. That's fantastic. And do they uh, usually award things that have a political, um, or is it just that they're this... This has a political, but it's also really great poetry, and that's why they nominated it. Well, I, I hope uh, the latter. I um, <laughs> but I I I haven't seen that um, the uh, past award 
winners are um, specifically uh, writing political poetry, so it's not necessarily a prize for political poetry, but just uh, poetry that appears in chapbook form. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good then. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, well, on thank that you so much. Yeah. When will you find out? Uh, we'll find out on November 22nd. Oh, soon. Yeah, so very oh, soon. Right. Yeah, there's a really uh, interesting group of uh, poets sorry. who have been nominated. Yeah, it's very soon that it's that it's being announced. And so what why is this such a key issue for you? Uh, well, for me, uh, I suppose um, I spent the better part of a decade um, and I, I continue to support uh, various campaigns um, to address climate change uh, as I can. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time uh, participating in uh, direct action campaigns to stop climate change. So be it um, in the Arctic or in the tar sands or right here in Vancouver, um, it's it's been a, a great um, passion and concern of mine, uh, as it is, I know, for many, many people um, across the country and around the world. Um, so it, it's just an issue that I think uh, needs a lot of attention and um, and something that I hope to see change on in Canada in particular. And by direct action, you mean like being on like a protest line or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, stopping, stopping the oil industry from um, drilling or uh, mining or uh, carrying out their corporate operations. And what has been your involvement in the, what have you been doing? So let's say what in the last few weeks, what kind of, what does your life look like in terms of these uh, issues? Uh, well, I mean, these days I um, I work for a nonprofit and I uh, work in communications. So I actually campaign on, on quite a different issue um, for my day job these days. Um, but I guess the past couple of weeks, my, my thoughts and um, have really been with the folks on the mountain and the folks who have been um, uh, brought to court by Kinder Morgan um, uh, just supporting the campaigns as I can um, from a distance, but I, I really admire the people who have who've taken the lead on the mountain and making sure that it is protected against this company that would like to see a very different outcome for the Burrard Inlet than what most of the people who live here would like. Definitely. And it's interesting to me that um, poetry has been perceived as a threat and taken to court by Kinder Morgan. Yeah. I mean, we know that it can be, but uh, they don't always recognize that, right? So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the silver lining of a lawsuit, um, but that injunction has gone through. It has, but... It, I mean, the resistance won't stop. So, of course, Kinder Morgan is going to use whatever legal tools um, they can to um, rebuff uh, protest and resistance. But uh, I, I don't think they'll be surprised to learn that the protest will continue. Yeah. It was, I've been listening to a discussion uh, on a ra uh, different radio um, earlier today about this. And I think uh, they were saying, well, because Kinder Morgan has had now whatever five, six days since their, the actual official injunctions passed, and they haven't done anything. And I think they're, and some of the talk was how they actually, they're worried about how it's going to look. They have, they're, they're in a no-win situation right now because they've got people Good. up there doing these things, protesting and, and on the mountain, and anything that they do is going to look horrendously bad for them. Well, there is the something anyway, that the yeah. company could do, which is make an abrupt shift to renewable yeah. energy. That would make them look yeah, quite yeah. good, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good way out of their catch-22 in quotation marks. Mm. Well, and the right. thing, too, is And they certainly the, have the resources to do so. Yeah. Is that the... I mean, the injunction didn't say they couldn't be there. They just couldn't stop the people from working. Or like, yeah, they're not allowed and there's to... And it was a huge work. rally there on Monday afternoon, um, just before the injunction went into effect, because they were 
hoping that, well, okay, we're all here. What are you going to do about it? But then they just didn't do anything. Like, and like you said, they haven't, they really haven't kind of shown up since then. So it's working on a short term basis and it's making them having to think about what do we do now because we Mm -hmm. can't keep doing what our original plan was. So yay for the power of poetry and people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I hopefully the the National Energy Board is also um, thinking about which projects they actually approve or give the go ahead for even surveying, because I think um, people are quite critical of of what the National Energy Board has has decided in the case of Enbridge and then also allowing uh, Kinder Morgan to conduct surveying activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's curious with the Keystone being uh, voted down in the United States, what sort of repercussions that might uh, mean for here, whether or not that means they're going to push harder here because Keystone's been uh, the pipeline anyway is not going through, at least not for the time being. So, you know, does that mean, oh, maybe this is something we should not do? Or is it like, well, now I have to put all our uh, efforts into this because right. there's no thing going down to Let's the States the anymore. Thing. So there's it. I don't know. I mean, there's thinking out loud of what might happen. Yeah, no, and there's lots of things in play uh, for sure. Um, don't claim to be an expert on every single mm-hmm. pipeline, but I did hear this news as well with Keystone XL, and I think it is it is quite positive to hear that um, it was voted down, even if by a slim margin, uh, shows that at least the majority of the people in the U.S. Senate are aware of uh, what the climate science is saying, mm-hmm. and uh, that we we don't need projects like this, and that we really need to work on, on getting some uh, renewable energy in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So part of the reason that we're talking to you so much about this is because of this chapbook that you just read from, but it's also because uh, the last time we had you on was when um, the In Pipeline was out, and you were one of the editors of that, and that was the 70,000 miles of poetry, kilometers or miles? Uh, Kilometers. Kilometers (laughs) of poetry Uh resistance to the pipeline, and it's still timely. Um, you said something about there's being like a almost like a relaunching of it. Yes, that's right. So uh, many of the contributors to the in pipeline, uh, there were over a hundred from around the world actually who are writing in resistance to the Enbridge pipeline uh, proposal. Were very concerned when uh, we heard the. Um, Canadian government's support of the um, NEB National Energy Board uh, recommendation to approve the Enbridge pipeline. Uh, And so we reactivated our project. And um, right now there are a number of playwrights. So if you visit npipeline.com, it's enpipeline.com, you can see that there's a project happening right now called Plays versus Pipelines. And anyone's invited to uh, contribute. People are writing a a short play a day Mm -hmm. uh, in resistance to the pipelines. And there's some, some great stuff online uh, right now and I know uh, folks are just continuing to add to it Um, we're also working to organize um, a day called the end pipe assembly day in June on June 23rd so we'll have uh, more news of that uh, coming out shortly but um, that's something in progress also from the end pipeline and that's in pipe as en like filling that pipe with that's right with other things than tar sands yeah, yeah. that's right uh, it, well are hoping it never exists um so let's hear some more poetry okay. from you because you know that's what that's what you're here for sure okay <laughs> i'll follow up with um section two there are many ways to feel and the way to feel doesn't matter exactly Kinder Morgan announces closing of Makeout. El Paso acquires more interest in Colorado Interstate Fish on Rocks Gas Company. Kinder Morgan and Energy Transfer place all of Mid-Continent Express Pipeline into service. 
Kinder Morgan throws sticks to acquire gas treating assets from Crosstex. Kinder Morgan begins biodiesel shipments for our doggies <laughs> on Oregon Pipeline. Three, about a mine site, pit nothing power, watching tractors build moats to keep us from running for miles through bitumen and tailings lakes, crossing high voltage lines, obvious as fog drizzle, to keep us from stopping anything more which was little but televised, so something of trouble. It's not a thing to write about from the ground. From a helicopter, maybe. Or a big city building with satellites on the... Rock skip. Roof. Especially if you are paid to do it, you can begin to say things that make the story about something other than people in yet another mode of gasping. Kinder Morgan completes natural gas acquisition, receives PHMSA authorization to operate new pipelines honored by EPA for participating in Natural Gas Star Program. Last leg of Rockies Express pipeline completed all 1,679 miles in service. Kinder Morgan and Capano Energy announce new Eagle Ford shale pipeline project. El Paso to present Starshot at RBC Capital Markets MLP Conference. Kinder Morgan promotes national gas executives. Kinder Morgan announces closing of underwriters' over allotment option. El Paso expects continued growth. Our guest this afternoon is Christine LeClaire, and uh, you're listening to Christine and uh, myself and Pam Bentley here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, and our show is Wax Poetic. Um, as I listen to that, there it sounds to me like there's non-sequiturs happening, and are you taking, is, is this poem comprised of headlines and then stuff that you've written, or is it all just kind of off your head or yeah more or less head. i think i think you're you're onto it for sure with um there's a lot of language that's drawn from kinder morgan press releases okay. so since 2009 when the company was founded they often talk about having a uh, um, existence in the community for 50 years actually which is a, a complete lie um the trans mountain pipeline has existed for many years and and was um, previously shipping natural gas to the port um in Burrard inlet um but kinder morgan has actually a very short history in the region and was more or less kicked off by a multi-million um, oil spill in in Burnaby itself yeah, yeah. in a residential neighborhood. So, um, but the the poem is a community-based uh, art project. So, wow. um, some parts are, are things that originate with myself, but a lot of the um, text that's not from the Kinder Morgan um, uh, news releases is actually from uh, interviews that were conducted at um, twelve different beaches around Burrard Inlet mm. um, a couple of summers ago as well as some community workshops that happen through different arts festivals um, and, and uh, eco-arts um, series and community centers in Vancouver. Um, so we did some poets mapping and people were able to transfer their knowledge onto uh, maps of the inlet and mm. so all that material made its way into the chapbook as well. Oh, so that would be the make-out place, Seals on Rocks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on the page, does that is it done in a different way? Is it using it different kinds? Yeah, I can show you, yep. The italics are, are oh, a lot okay. of those things from the maps or the interviews. Sometimes the interview text um, is it in part of the more indented um, text. And then the Kinder Morgan, is it tends to be the longer lines that stretch across the whole entire page. Trying to take up more space? Is that how you've done perhaps, it that way? Perhaps, perhaps, like, yeah. It's, it's more linear in a way, right? Rather than filling in those 
natural spaces in the white of the yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I think sometimes reading the news releases, there's a sense of uh, relentlessness to the the text you know it was just kind of this this onward momentum um coming across in their in their materials but then i also hope that it it draws attention to the fact that that is just language that is just a costume that kinder morgan puts on um and of course they have massive resources but um there is a lot of momentum behind the global movement to um achieve climate action and you would understand that because that's one of the things you do for your day paid work right is you do that kind of writing for a nonprofit for yeah. the Alzheimer's Society. So you know that there are people who are paid to do that kind of marching across the page with Yes. But in a very different cause. For Absolutely. A different cause. No, they they have yeah, they have all the communication strategists they might like, you know, of course can afford mm-hmm. as much as much as is possible. Yeah. Well there's a whole other language to that to doing you know, public release or public notices and for companies and, and all that sort of stuff. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love how you mix those languages together and we actually see the more human side of the italic uh, interviews. Do you consider yourself, um, did the poetry come first and then the activism or the activism and then the poetry? And tied in with that, do you consider yourself a, a language poet mm-hmm. in quotation marks? Uh, all good questions. Um I think um, for me, I was uh, very concerned about environmental issues from a uh, young age. Like I remember uh, one time watching the news. I grew up in Quebec and the island of Montreal, and I saw a news story where uh, the reporter was sharing that if a beached beluga whale were pushed back into the St. Lawrence River, it would be considered dumping toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And I found that quite alarming. I remember that. <laughs> Do you? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that that was good communications. People got the story out about that one. Um, <laughs> but so it was, it was things like this that really jumped out at me growing up. But I, I didn't really um, start doing any um, activities that might be considered activism until I actually was a, a university student at UBC in my mid twenties, um, and I, I happened to read um, an economics book in the basement of the the one of the big libraries there, and uh, it was about uh, climate change and the economic impacts of of uh, this phenomenon that we're we're seeing and have been seeing for uh, many decades now. Um, and it was basically reading that book. I, he made such a sound mm. argument that I, I I decided that I was going to um, look for and seize opportunities to get involved and um, and help forward uh, the cause of climate action. Like the economics of doing changing it up and going into well, it, it was it was basically a a, a book um, about the um, economic impacts of not addressing climate mm-hmm. change, and um, now just talked a lot about some of the things that that ourselves we might see in our lifetimes, and then also what our children and, and grandchildren will likely see, um, even if best case scenario is achieved and what that would cost and also what some of the uh, worst case scenarios might cost as far as we're able to project yeah Yeah, because we're often we're often told about the costs of doing that work like making changes right so it's it's cool to hear something about what is um what the cost of not doing it right yeah and they're much greater and sometimes we we it's like oh that's so far away but it's getting closer and closer Right. Like it's yeah. probably going to be within our lifetimes now. It used to be that it would be within somebody else's lifetime. But now. it's Yeah. Well, and one one artist that I really admire and you may 
be aware of her work as well as um, Angela Rawlings. Uh, she used to be based in Toronto, but she's based in Iceland these days. Mm. And I just had a chance to see her at um, a great conference organized by a, a Canadian poet, Gregory Betts, um, at Brock University. It was called Avant Canada. It was just earlier this month. And um, one of the projects that she was presenting was, um, it's called uh, Joclar. Um, so if you look up... Um, Angela Rawlings and Jocklar, you'll find it. It's um, a piece about disappearing uh, glaciers. So already where she lives, there are glaciers that have been gone for 10 years. You know, we talk about, oh, the icebergs are melting, everything, yeah. the ice sheets are collapsing. Like there's things that have already disappeared, right? Um, so in Iceland. I, in Iceland, yeah, and elsewhere uh, around the world. So I think I think there are many artists that are, that are looking at what's happening um, and as Angela said, like actualizing it in, in the language so that people can partially grieve some of these losses because mm-hmm. they are major changes yeah. that are that are happening in, in every landscape. Is Gregory mm-hmm. Betts the guy who did the, the Facebook poems where he had people posting? I'm not is sure. I'm not oh, sure. I'm embarrassed to say. Because I recognize that name and we had that guy on and I can't remember I think his it, well, name. Gregory was Gregory Betts. Gregory oh, Betts, sure, wasn't yeah. it? So yeah. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have, um, I want to hear some more poetry, but you okay. also have other kinds of writing coming out soon. Um, there's a nonfiction book that you were... Yes. So uh, there was a book that was launched this fall um, called A Line in the Tar Sands and And I was really proud to um, co-author a chapter in this book with a a longtime environmental activist and one of the founders of Greenpeace International. His name is Rex Weiler. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he actually um, supported the In Pipeline project. Uh, And so uh, when I had an invitation to contribute a chapter to this book, I I asked him if he would would co-author a piece with me, which he did. Um, And so we have a chapter in here, of course. But uh, what I really like about this book is that it, it... provides an opportunity to learn about the the very many different um, struggles that are happening uh, against um, the tar sands. So, of course, it's around environmental issues, but it also is... um, around, you know, um, First Nations right to be consulted and to consent to projects. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of great um, First Nations activists um, who have contributed work to this, uh, as well as a number of really interesting uh, Canadian academics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a book that's been released in, in Canada and the U.S. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm almost done reading it myself. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really great read um, and uh, it's available in a number of bookstores in Vancouver, I believe. You're anticipating all our questions. That's great. Um, let's hear some more before we run out of time uh, and move on to events. Um, I just there's people wandering through, just a, a little bit distracting. But it's we have a bunch of people visiting from Hong Kong who are going to be setting up a community radio there, a co-op radio oh, there, neat. and they wanted to come and look at our setup. So they're uh, wandering around in and out of the studio, and uh, we're trying to stay on track and and be uh, friendly to them. They're like waving at us and Aww. stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going on but we want to hear some more poetry from Christine sure okay why don't I read this one um, part eight and this is one that incorporates um, uh, material from the interviews I did but also is a little bit more autobiographical okay it wasn't easy to go to all these beaches Some of them were hard to get to, and some of them were full of foreboding, like the beach in Burnaby with orange sand and jogging executives. It was one of the last trips I made. I wanted to see the Kinder Morgan terminal with my own flickering sunset eyes. 
The path tapers off into something just beaten through a twisted patch of woods, and if it hadn't been for the fact that a woman who looked like she could karate chop a shipping dock was ahead of me on the path, <laughs> I may not have pushed on. There were leering men at the edge of the wood, and the woman, and her dog, and a mostly disappeared strip of shore, the rising tide, the rocks, and my crap shoes. In the end, from the rocks, what you see is a pipe but I wanted a picture. So I took one with my phone and moved closer. No one stopped me and no one cared. I went closer and the pipeline was white. It jutted out beyond the edge of the dock and it didn't make a sound. I wanted to take another shot as my shorts wicked wave water. The leers and the karate chopper and her dog were gone. And my phone was gone. It was stupid to have dropped it. It fell out of my pocket. But the water crashed harder. My feet went cloven and my eyes went like a dog's nose. I held branches and flew. Nooned. Across the rocks. There was an orange light in the shallows by the woods as the waves tossed my phone in the sand, my phone still taking pictures. Kinder Morgan Capano Joint Venture will provide more gathering, processing, and fractionation capacity to Eagle Ford shale producers. El Paso provides annual outlook, expects growth. Kinder Morgan and Capano enter Eagle Ford Shale Gas Services Agreement with Anandarko. Kinder Morgan enters agreement with Massey Energy, announces oil storage acquisition, and went there joint venture. El Paso agrees to acquire more interest in Southern Natural Gas Company, announces exercise of underwriters' option to buy more common units and acquire more interest in Southern Natural Gas Company. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I Thanks. love the account of going down to the so ordinary <laughs> and so dangerous and and is yeah. El Paso where they're based out of Kinder Morgan? Because uh, you've mentioned El Paso. You know, a few times. I think that they have some projects based out of El Paso, but I believe they're based out of Texas. Mm. Yeah, oh, El Paso, Texas. Yeah, El Paso. Oh, you're right. You're Texas. totally right. Sorry, because I've yeah. I've driven through there, but uh, well, it's right on the right. border yeah. of yeah. Texas and New Mexico okay. and Mexico. You're so, right, but yes. it's actually in it's in Texas, in Texas itself. Texas, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, Kinder Morgan is definitely a Texan company. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's also El Paso oil projects as well. Like so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, do we have time for another one? What do you think? Ah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Let's hear some more. Sure. Okay. And maybe just name out the book again, the chapbook again, just for people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's called Oilywood, and it's published by Nomados Editions. I, I believe the co-op bookstore uh, sells it, but it's also available online. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just uh, read the the final section for for y'all. It's uh, section 16. For me, the saddest thing about being human is the shifting baseline. It'll be weird to be like, remember the polar bears? Mm -hmm. Or remember when we would swim here? I'd be traumatized if I couldn't go to the beach. I mean, people pay stupid amounts of money to live here. It's not like the nightlife is tops in Oilywood. It's not like there's tons of jobs here or so much stimulation. We have Kinder Morgan with an update 
for customer commitment to your planned iridescence. Wow, that tone of that, you know, I just finished reading um, Wade Compton's book, Outer Harbor, Ah. and it's that same sort of like nondescript future, you know, and there's this island out in the middle of the broad inlet that's been turned into a a holding pen for these unidentified immigrants, and it has that same kind of feel of like what it will be like in this future if we keep going the way we're going sort of thing like an imagine it's almost like a sci-fi yeah but it's got that sadness to it as well mm-hmm. i was really yeah that just kind of reminded me of that I, mm. so thank you um this has been christine leclerc you've been listening to reading she read about five parts of the 16 part chapbook oily wood um that you can get from nomadus is it n-o-m-a-d-u-s uh o-s o-s okay that you can get it online or at uh people's co-op books and um just to tell you a little bit about what's coming up tomorrow there's a slamapalooza uh which is at the um kwantlen student association grassroots cafe out in coquitlam and that is featuring scruff mouth scribe tomorrow um and then also um on Friday night there's a real Vancouver Writers Series uh, at the Index Gallery at 1305 Powell Street Um, that is run by uh, hosted by Sean Cranberry and um, my mind just went blank Um, Sean Cranberry is one of the hosts and the people who are reading are Pinder DeLay Christine Lowther Julie Paul Matt Rader Trish Kelly and Ian Ware anything you have to talk about coming up uh, just the Youth Poetry Slam is happening on Monday, featuring Mona Musa from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and that is open to poets 13 to 20 years of age. And there's going to be a brand new Youth uh, Poetry Slam happening uh, at the Vancouver Public Library starting in January, the first January, first Wednesday of January, and first Wednesday of every month. There'll be a workshop and then the, the event, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. Cool, and that's leading and up to Hullabaloo, free. right? That's yeah. free and leading up to Hullabaloo, because now you've got Hullabaloo. You're one of the organizers for that, right? Yeah. And you've got a partnership now with Vancouver uh, Public Library, so that's really that's a really cool development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man of few words today. We need to wrap up because no apologies. Oh, I'm going to let R.C. do that because he always does it so well. So I'm Pam Bentley. Uh, I'm R.C. Weslowski. Our guest today has been Christine LeClaire. The chapbook is Oily Wood, and you can find it at People's Co-op Bookstore. And don't forget, if you just tuned in now and you wanted to find out what happened the last half hour, go to our archives in about uh, 35 minutes, and you can find it there. And it will also be up on iTunes as a free podcast in about six weeks or so. Uh, So that's it for our show, Wax Poetic. And coming up next, No Apologies Necessary. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?